Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Midnight Kennel Podcast. I'm Gina. And I'm Robert Ecker. <laughs> this is, uh, what, our 14th uh, episode, Gina? Episode 14. Wow. Um, I just got back from uh, Michigan. I was out there for three weeks, and we are here at King's uh, Restaurant in Mountaintop. A great Italian place, excellent pizza. Um, Clam, seafood, um, veal, cheesecake, steaks, the whole whole nine yards. And with us today is a very special person to me uh, and and to you. And that is the one and only uh, Grace Ecker, my mother and your Nana. So if you'd like to say hello. Hi, everybody. So we're going to have a great meal here. Um, Can't wait to... uh, get our appetizers Uh, we've got some clams we've got some pizza um i'm drinking a peroni tonight Uh, really good beer on draft so let's get right into uh, what's been going on with uh, midnight kennel since i've been gone i uh, got back to the kennel and uh, gina i just the, the puppies they grew so much and they are so sweet they're huge <laughs> they did not want me to leave that day i visited oh. they were so lovely yeah i had them out in the field yesterday they had a blast um i got a wing uh we uh the bird season kind of started for me here in pennsylvania and I, I took a wing off of one of the birds we harvested and we're gonna uh, our friend brad uh is gonna come down and we're gonna uh, play with the fishing wing with these pups if see if we can get them the point um and that's our gordon setter jenny and our english setter uh her her name is hank which is kind of weird and uh, um our uh kennel manager mike heiser he named her uh hanky uh, he says that's a little more <laughs> Feminine? A little more feminine and, and that, so so that's that's her name now, so when you come down. And, have uh, they met um, Kate? What's that? Have they met Kate, the Irish setter? No, they have aren't not. aren't they, uh, they going to go home together? Yeah, no, they, they haven't met her. They're going to go home at different times. Kate's going to probably be ready here hmm. um, in another month or, or so, and the pups will be with us quite a bit longer. They'll, go, they'll make the trip to North Carolina with us. Oh, um, fun. Yeah, because they're just, they're just babies. So, um, out in Michigan was um, a long trip, our big long fall trip we did uh, some field trials and hunting we did a podcast there as you know and i think in our last podcast we were getting ready for the big uh, championship that we were running in there uh, we had already won the uh, continental championship with quigley and then we had the michigan woodcock championship and we we're very fortunate uh, and blessed to take runner up in that with uh, one of our great great dogs uh, Harper Blue Ribbon Harper uh, owned by my good friend Marty Festa and uh, she did an outstanding job she had a, a spectacular ground race and uh, at the end of the her hour uh, she pointed a woodcock with just minutes to go so it was kind of we pulled that one out at the last minute a buzzer beater so to speak and uh, it, it, it was uh, very satisfying a lot of fun and uh, just wanted to give a shout out to the uh, Michigan um, people out there that were very uh, very hospitable to me they always are um, the uh, rough grouse 
club hosted that trial, and that's uh, Craig Merlington, um, Denise Peters, uh, Judge Brent Peters, uh, Bob Wheelock, uh, the whole crew out there, Brian Wood. Um, also want to congratulate our good friend Scott Foreman, who was on one of our podcasts. You, you yes, met him over the, over the internet or phone, however. Uh, he won the championship, uh, so that was great. And uh, just had a, a really good time at the trials. Um, we also got to do quite a bit of hunting out there. Um, I had um, um, our cousin Kristen Ecker was out there with um, her husband, my good friend John Ferdinand. And, of course, keep talking about him, Brad Blanner. And uh, we got to do a lot of hunting. I, I did hunt a little bit with, with Nick Puhawk. Um, got some hunting in with him, but, but mostly with Brad, John, and Kristen. And um, I, I think we talked about this the last time, too. Brad got his first grouse. He ended up getting another one after that and had a great trip. And uh, found we found a lot of birds and Everything went well with on the hunting side. Got the dogs on a lot of birds. So, but now I'm anxious to be home for a couple reasons. Obviously, to see see all you guys. Um, but we're going to be doing a lot of hunting here in Pennsylvania now. Uh, woodcock, grouse, uh, pheasants. They they all uh, well pheasants come in season this Saturday. Uh, as soon as you get some uh, time off or a weekend where we can hunt, we're going to get you out and get you your first bird. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, so today uh, was the first day I got to, you know, get out and do some hunting. Um, and we, we saw some woodcock. We had some really good work. Got some great videos, uh, which um, that's another thing our... Um, our YouTube videos, how are, how are they making out? I know you keep your eye on them. Are they getting we're, a lot of We're hits? doing pretty good. The Great. last couple got around 900 views each. Wow. And we have hello to a lot of our new subscribers because now we're up to 184. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Very good. Well, we're going to get some more good videos. I know that was, you know, Michigan, Woodcock, and Grouse Hunting. Now we'll have a lot of Pennsylvania um, and videos. Puppy and puppy videos we'll get all that that out there on youtube so um, anybody listening um follow us uh on youtube that would be you know subscribe to our channel that would be a big big help to us um but uh coming up next week is um a, a very um prestigious trial um that we're gonna attend and that's the pennsylvania grouse championship and uh it's, I, I don't get to go to it every year because it always conflicts with um, some trials in Michigan. This year I happened to come back, and uh, last time I, I uh, attended a few years ago, I actually uh, placed in it with Sterling White Jack, and it was my uh, 100th uh, championship placement um, wow. in my career at that time. That was, uh, I guess, about three years ago. So we're coming back this year. Um, and I uh, hope to do well there. Uh, in the past, we, we've won the championship with um, uh, Midnight Light, uh, Concord and Mike, uh, Keystone's Red Rose, uh, Pine Hill Bonnie. We talked about her big win at the Pennsylvania when there were 98 dogs. So this is a, a, a really prestigious trial that I'm looking forward to, to going to. So that'll start next week. Um, next couple days, we're going to kind of... Uh, get ready for that and will jack be joining you for that oh yeah jack jack will be there 
Um, you know, uh, I, I think I have seven dogs entered. Uh, most of our uh, more veteran dogs, obviously Harper, uh, Boa Pineywood, uh, Midnight Ike. I'd like to mention, uh, Ike had a, a spectacular performance out in Michigan. I was thrilled running him. He had three woodcock finds and a grouse find and a great race. So, um, looking for him to continue on that. He did. He did a great job. We were just talking about my friend Scotty the dog, Uncle Robert. How's she doing? Well, uh, I reached out to her owner, um, Christine Marucci, um, from up in uh, the Northwoods, Vermont, or New Hampshire, I can't remember. And uh, she says they're both doing well. I just checked in on her, and um, um, hopefully she's going to get Scotty out there uh, on some birds and... um, get some uh, gunning experience under her belt um, so I'm really hungry Me too. and uh, we just had our appetizer I had uh, Italian clams which were uh, clams in, in a broth with um, garlic and a lot of Italian herbs um, lemon they were good uh, Nana had uh, steamed clams they looked great and uh, we're waiting on um, your appetizer we're gonna uh, have a couple of pizzas we're gonna have a margarita pizza and a regular pizza something that I'd like to talk about is when I'm traveling um, you just don't uh, appreciate the pizza we have here in uh, the northeast part of the country you know northeast Pennsylvania New Jersey New York Connecticut Um, the pizza is just off the charts um, I go to some places like like I just came back from Michigan. Food up there is great, but let me tell you something. If you had only pizza, I would starve because uh, <laughs> they, they struggle with their pizza. Um, is there any good pizza? Um, well, the other thing is where I'm at in Michigan is like uh, northern Michigan. You're kind of out in the sticks. It's more of a resort area, you know. And uh, no, there's there's not a lot of good pizza there. In fact, uh, the best pizza I think you could get is maybe a Detroit style pizza from from a chain like a um, you know uh, uh, Little Caesars type place. Um, uh, so uh, I, I feel bad for the people in Michigan in that area because <laughs> they, they don't get the pizza like we have. So now that I'm home, uh, this is I think I'm I'm home three nights. And I've had pizza every night, so uh, that's just the way it is. When you're when you're in my area, you gotta you gotta eat the pizza because it's it's as good as it gets. Um, I've had the pizza here before at Kings, and it's it's really good. We got a, a regular pizza, and we got a margarita pizza. Um, I also ordered veal um, uh, veal pizziola. Uh, it's going to have tomatoes and capers and uh, a lot of other good stuff in there, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I did bring you something back from Michigan. Um, can I see the bag? I'll yes, read it. Um, they're uh, potato chips made by a local company up there in Michigan. Uh, and the name of the, I think it's Lake States. Yeah, Lake States. Um and uh, they're, they, they're kettle cooked, 
but they have, uh, again, going back to when we were in Michigan, everything's cherry up there. Um, they have barbecue. a cherry barbecue flavor, so you want to try one? I want to try one. Okay, go ahead. Nana, would you like one? Nana's going to try one. We'll see see what you guys think of a, a Michigan cherry barbecue potato chip. you got to rate it, Nana. <laughs> Here, take a big one. There you go. All right. I'm not a fan of kettle-cooked chips, but uh, I really like the, the barbecue flavor on these. It's not super sweet. Uh, what do you think, Gina? 10 out of 10. 10 you out really, of 10. Well, you can really taste the cherry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I like kettle, I like kettle cooked chips. What do you think, Nana? Excellent. What number? 9.5. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you girls are something. So there's, there's a, a good review for uh, Lake State's... Uh, Great Lakes. Great Lakes, I'm sorry. Great Lakes Potato Chip Company um, up in Michigan. Do you want one so, more? And Nana wants another one, so they definitely <laughs> they definitely got a good review. So we're back, and uh, I, I have to uh, comment on the food here. I had uh, veal pizziola, which basically was uh, veal in a puntanesca um, sauce, which is uh, uh, capers and olives and uh, a little bit of spicy tomato. It was absolutely excellent. The veal was uh, tender. Uh, the sauce was, you know, just right. Not too spicy, not too salty. So I really enjoyed mine. You guys had pizza. Yeah. Um, I think the margarita pizza was off the charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. Uh, nice and crispy. Um, excellent. So what did you think, Nana, of the food? Oh, I thought the food was excellent. Very well prepared. And our server is so nice. Great place to visit. Yep, that uh, shout out to Debbie, our waitress. She's doing a great job putting up with us um, and all of our requests. Um, So that being said, Gina, I think uh, you said uh, we talked about this. We're going to continue with our uh, questions. We have we were inundated with questions from our contest. And I think we're going to uh, give a shout out to one person every week and, and continue answering a question. So fire away, Gina. Okay. So our question is from a Charles Palmatier, and his question is, do you think GPS collars has hurt cover dog field trials, Um, i.e. if dogs are out of bell range longer without fear of losing a dog only? Uh, This is an excellent, excellent question, and uh, I I talk about this a lot to uh, clients and friends, and... uh, it, it, it all kind of goes into uh, one category about, you know, a question I'll get to is, you know, are the dogs better now than before? And I think everything comes back to uh, the advancements in training, okay? Um, the uh, Not so much just the GPS collar, but the electronic collars. Um, when I started and uh, electronic collars, e-collars, so to speak, were so, so um, primitive uh, and not used much at all. Um, it, it, the dogs got lost uh, a lot more often. The dogs were not as broke. Um, the, 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 the advancement in the collars have definitely taken um, the level 
of dogs up a notch. And that being said, it's helped in breeding. And people are gonna say, what, what are you talking about? Um, back in the day, um, if you had a dog that handled and pointed birds and was steady to wing and shot, you were in really good shape and you could win. And some of the physical characteristics could be overlooked because your dog finished the course, your dog pointed a bird, and your dog didn't chase the bird. So let's say your dog was sickle tail. Let's say your dog was really small. Let's say your dog, you know, ran with a, a, a subpar tail. You would still win because you were the dog that figured it out how to do it. That performed. Uh, that performed, right. So now uh, you're, we're, we're training uh, a lot more dogs to that level uh, because of the, the collars. Um, so now we could uh, look at more of the detail in a dog. So I think, I, I think electronics overall have helped in the breeding um, and, and performance and the, all of the breeds, you know, whether it's an English Setter, English Pointer, Brittany, whatever, I think the dogs now as a whole are better. Um, sure, you don't have to worry quite as much because you have a GPS collar on your dog. If the dog gets lost, you could go and get him. But if he continually does that trial after trial, he's not going to win anyway. So it's not like that's an advantage and, and, and makes that dog win anymore. So um, I guess to answer his question the way he prefaced it, um, I would say that the GPS collar has in no way uh, hurt uh, cover dogs. And in fact, um, you know, my opinion, uh, it, it, it's the only way to go because, you know, God forbid you have a dog gets out on a road or out overnight and gets injured or, or whatever it's just it's so satisfying to know you can grab that collar and at least go after the dog um, one time years ago and, and Nana just mentioned uh, this gentleman it's it's funny how things just all come together uh, we were talking you know off uh, off mic uh, over dinner about some of the uh, Nana's been with with me uh, obviously from the beginning and uh, one of the clients that we had uh, a long time ago um, a few years back was uh, Larry Craig and of course Nana uh, had a really nice relationship with Larry great guy and uh, a, a quick story uh, we purchased a dog um, from uh, Dick Brenneman and Bob Watts um, that a winning derby and we, we picked the dog up and took it to Michigan. And in the very first trial I ran it in, the dog uh, ran off. Um, actually, I was braced with Brent Peters. We just mentioned him. He judged the last trial we were at. But the dog took off, and back then there were no GPS collars. We had an old, they had just come out with um, telemetry um, collars, which... Um, didn't really work that great you just had a general idea where your dog was but um, GPS collars it'll go down to the exact direction and, and into feet where the dog is and what it's doing running moving whatever did you find uh, the dog we never found the dog uh, looked for a couple of days um, obviously the batteries in the collar must have died and, and the dog was just gone um, and then 
you know, roughly the next spring, six months or so later, I got a call from a, a lady in Michigan that was out picking mushrooms, and and she found the carcass of the dog um, with the collar and, and, and called me. So um, no way do I think GPS collars have room-cover dogs. In fact, if anything, you know, the, the e-collars or uh, electronic collars, as we call them, uh, uh, and the GPS collars, because now the units are all in one, I think they've helped um, in every aspect of cover dogs and, and any kind of uh, uh, working dog. I mean, they just have made the bloodlines better, stronger, and uh, the, the performance of the dogs. I mean, competition now is, I, I think the last championship we were at, the Michigan Woodcock Championship, in fact, I lost a, a $100 bet to some uh, Nick Puhawk and, and Nick, when you get back from the Upper Peninsula, I'll have your money waiting for you. Uh, but um, there, there was almost half of the dogs in the championship have finished the hour uh, with with clean work. Um, whereas, uh, like I said, when I started, you know, 35 years ago, um, most dogs, and I do say most dogs, there there was very few that finished with clean bird work. Most dogs either, you know, ran off, chased a bird, or, you know, whatever, yeah, made a mistake. And um, the advancements in the collars have definitely helped. So I hope that answers his question. And thank you, Charles, for uh, sending us a very, very good question. Yeah, and that's an interesting take. I wouldn't have thought that collars would affect breeding. I, I believe they have. Yeah. I believe they, they definitely have because, um, you know, everybody's going to perform, so now we could... Uh, look at I mean back in the day there were a lot of dogs that would get bred to because you know they had great confirmation or a great tail or anything and yet those dogs didn't win and uh, and they probably should have been bred because they probably could have won had they had the collar to help them but um, the dogs that win are obviously going to get bred more um, the, I'll tell you another uh, quick story, um, somewhat to um, to that. Uh, and uh, the first time I ever uh, judged um, a championship um, was um, the Indian Town Gap trial out there in uh, Central Pennsylvania. And I was young; I, w- I was not a pro at the time. I had just started, and they asked me to judge, and I was very, very nervous because um, uh, you know. All the big pros are there. Uh, um, George Tracy, his son Mike, my good friend Mike, uh, Luke Eisenhart, um, a lot of great amateurs, Roger Bozer, and on and on and on. Great dogs. And I I didn't feel like I had the experience um, to judge such a trial. And I remember walking into the clubhouse uh, early in the morning, getting ready. They were going to saddle my horse up and, and, and get get us going and uh the legendary hall of famer gerald tracy you know mike's grandfather george's father was was sitting there and he was retired having a cup of coffee and he's he said you know i i had known him a while he said son what what's bothering you i said boy gerald i I just don't think i'm ready for this and he gave me some really good advice you know not that not the old oh you'll do fine just pick the dogs you like that kind of nonsense he he said when you're Judging a championship, you have to remember that the dog that wins 
Um, it, it, you know, people are going to gravitate to it. It's going to become well-known. And so that being said, he said, if you want to pick a male, he said, make sure that dog um, has all the physical uh, attributes that, that you would look for in breeding a dog. He said, a female, not, you know, you could, you could give her give a little more leeway if the dog's small or maybe the tail wasn't absolutely perfect but it did good um, because obviously a female is only going to be bred a handful of times in her life uh, whereas a, a, a male um, is going to be put out for stud which a lot of the uh, people in this sport uh, are competing to get their dog to a championship level so that they can be bred and once once they are put out to stud they're going to produce a lot lot more puppies than a female can um so that that always stuck in my head um you know to watch that when when i'm uh, judging a championship okay we have a very exciting saturday coming up again this week uncle robert Yes, um, we we finally uh, the litter of puppies we had sired by Boa Pineywood and, um, and sugar our, and yep Nick's um, sugar on fire are ready to be homed. Um, uh, one of our uh, listeners, uh, uh, Barb Carmen, is coming actually tomorrow to pick up her pup. She gets the first pick, and then um, Saturday uh, some of the other pups uh, will start to go. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's always fun to be around puppies. Um, uh, it, it's hard for me because I'm, I, I'm ready to work them from day one, but I know you and Nana love to be around puppies. So, Nana, are you going to come down Saturday maybe and see the pups? Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I'll be there with bells on. <laughs> Great. So, Do you have so. any good puppy stories, Nana? Oh, no, I don't think so, Gina. Okay. No puppy stories? <laughs> well, I could tell you, I, I sat with I don't know how many of the dogs when she birthed their, they birthed their puppies and helped them along. That's a story. Because for those that don't know, my Nana is used to be a nurse. Uh, yep. There was one dog, I remember, she just, just didn't want to have those puppies. It must have been 10 days I sat there waiting for those puppies. Oh I think it was midnight light. Uh could be um yeah i only bred her once and again getting back to breeding she was a a a great dog um a natural and 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 taught me a lot and and had a great time with her and yet um she probably wasn't the kind of dog you would you'd want a puppy out of because she was small um kind of a snipey nose you know not not a not a physical specimen that that you'd want a puppy from and also i bred her one time she had five puppies and no i guess i bred her twice um I'm, 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 yeah she I, I did i bred her twice but she had five puppies one time maybe five or six the other time and not one puppy that she that came out of her um went on to be a winner now that now it did skip a generation and she uh uh, you know, grand get of hers uh, were champions, but uh, um, it's funny how how that works. Uh, you know, j- sometimes it'll skip a generation, but um, all in all, uh, yeah, Nana's always been there to help me out. I remember my first puppies uh, had a couple of uh, Gordon Setter puppies, and uh, they got 
really sick and and uh, Nana helped me uh, get them through that and then my actual first litter of puppies that we ever whelped um, the it was again a Gordon setter um, she got sick and uh, I think the pups were two days old when she got sick I took her into the vet and they said um, she has to be on heavy duty antibiotics and she can't nurse and Nana helped me. We bottle fed those puppies three times a day. Um, and uh, I, it was a large litter, 10 puppies. And every, me, every, 12, 12 puppies. Um, but anyway, um, all the puppies survived. And that was, that was a, a testament to Nana helping me out. And uh, we, we, we did it. Uh, the, the vet uh, did not think that uh, all those puppies would make it but they all made it and went on the uh nice long lives hunting grouse and woodcock so very nice okay well we're gonna wrap it up here i want to thank grace ecker for joining our podcast today it was a pleasure to be here with two of my favorite people in the whole world oh i feel the same the best nana in the whole world yep my favorite niece no offense to my other nieces and nephews out there and and my wonderful mother who i love dearly um great meal uh, if you're in the mountaintop area king's restaurant great food debbie did a great job uh, um, waitressing here for us she put up with a lot of nonsense that we put her through uh gina um i hope you enjoy the uh gifts we brought you from Michigan. I do. I want to say thank you to Jennifer Hollister for my pigeon glitter shirt. We'll post that on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, Jennifer's uh, company is Bacchus Creek, uh, and she does all kind of uh, uh, lettering on hats, and Nana's wearing uh, one of our Midnight Kennel shirts as we speak. She's modeling. Yep, I have our podcast (laughs) hat on, and, and now you have a a really cool uh, pigeon glitter shirt um, and that comes from one day out there training uh, dogs and one of the little tips or tricks that I use is when I'm planting a liberated bird I'll pull a few feathers off the bird um, and I'll float them down through the air number one to see which direction the air is flowing where the dog's going to be when he smells it and also to put more scent out there because uh, sometimes when you plant a bird right in one spot it doesn't give off a lot of scent and you say I coined the term pigeon glitter, but I think you did. But either way, we, <laughs> either way, uh, that's what we call pigeon glitter when we when those feathers uh, come off the bird and, and go all over the place. So um, again, uh, thank you, girls, for coming. I had a great time. It's great to be home, and look forward to another successful week. And Gina will be back on the air uh, next Wednesday. Yes, we will. And, uh, Probably will probably be on location. I think I'll be in Marionville, and uh, if if that's where I am, we'll we'll, uh, we'll pop our nose into uh, the Kelly Hotel. Um, I've been going there for well over thirty years, um, and uh, we'll we'll do a, a, an on a location podcast from there. So I had a great time. Thanks, girls. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a nice night. Take care.